a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors. Brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. It is a pleasure to have you with us this morning, uh, Tim Hughes. In the studios of KSL, a broadcast house in downtown Salt Lake City, recording this program uh, on Thursday. Always try to remind myself and everybody else of that fact as you listen here on a Saturday morning. But I'm not alone today. Rus- yeah. Russell's back. Man, it's been about a month, I think. Yeah. It's good to be here. Uh, and, is. and the last time we checked in with you, you were on the road, you and Mama. Up in uh, uh, yeah, yeah, we were Washington in... somewhere. Oh, I haven't been here since then. No. Okay. <laughs> do, do you need to know what day it is? It doesn't matter because I'll never remember. <laughs> uh, tell me any day. How are things at the shop? Good, good. Not you know we're we're not busy because it's that time of year. Yeah, we're in the tweener time. Plenty of phones, and we're starting to shut some of them down. The rental phones, and yeah. we just go with the bare minimum during the winter. But we always have them. Yeah. So give us a call. Uh, We'll talk more about that uh, coming up before we're done here in a couple of hours. But uh, also with us, Navidomskis is back with us in uh, Farmington from the compound there on a lunch hour, I'm sure, from work. Good morning. We call it Kaysville, not Farmington, but that's okay. (laughs) Oh, did I say Farmington? Farmington. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, I I was having this discussion with my wife the other day because she uh, lived for a while in uh, Ketchum, Idaho. And it was always, uh, people are touchy up there. If yeah. you if you say you're from Sun Valley but you live in Ketchum, there is hell to pay because right. <laughs> because they just don't want to be known uh, having uh, you know being living in in uh, Sun Minneapolis, St. Paul, Farmington, Kaysville, same, same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, same thing. All right, how's your week been? You you did some fishing last week. Well, uh, um, not me personally. I I had a reaction to a uh, to a, a shingles vaccine, but yeah, we fished. Fishing was good. I mean. Those of us that fished, it was just a number of my students who were struggling a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, uh, we'll get a little bit more of a report on that coming up with uh, Fish Bites in the next half hour and look forward to it. Lots to do, as there always is over the next few hours here. But, boy, the main topic of discussion, and it's been this way with Utah's morning news as well, is the snow. My goodness. Uh, we've been in a sweet weather pattern where that high pressure set off, set itself up off of uh, the coast in the Pacific and has just been pushing one storm after another our way. Navi, uh, you'll be mad at me, but uh, you were working, so I had to do a, a couple of interviews uh, interviews already this morning for the show that people will hear in our last half hour. One was with Solitude because they are officially opening their lifts today, Thursday. Uh, and the other one was with uh, an, uh, an old friend that uh, you'll remember when we talk about, um, what am I thinking here? 
uh, Gary Nate, when we talk about uh, oh, yeah. Warren Miller films, mm. Gary yeah. used Gary used to be Warren's uh, photographer, and so he's got ten thousand stories to tell, maybe more than that, and he loves telling them. But anyway, the Warren Miller movie for the the season is out, and we were talking about it. Uh, Day Daybreaker, I think it's called. Yeah, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I plan to. In fact, I'll be on my boards this weekend. Will you? Where are you going? Um, pro- well, Brighton or Solitude. I mean, either one. I have the icon, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, of course, hopefully you or your wife or both are skiing with me because we're going 100%. Well, if I'm going to get 80 days, i got to get an early start. <laughs> got to get going. Here's the thing, though. Uh, if you go to Brighton, you're burning one of seven days uh, early, right. early in the season. If you go to Solitude, it's a, it's a season pass there. Right. Yeah. And that'll help me decide. Yeah. But uh, talked with their folks up there. They're very excited. And uh, I, I mentioned to them when I had them on this morning uh, this little competitive nature between the resorts who are all really friendly within the industry and they all work closely with Ski Utah and promote, you know, as a whole the skiing in Utah. But when it comes to opening dates, there is this little sneaky competitive yeah. nature. And. Solitude was originally planning on opening on Friday, Veterans Day, and then Brighton opened up on Veterans Day, so Solitude moved <laughs> moved it up to uh, Thursday, right. but, but they're not opening until 2 o'clock in the afternoon, which is sort right. of a strange thing. So well, they gonna, won't be ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to watch the clock also. Not just a date, now it's the clock. Yeah. And uh, anyway, what we're talking about will have already happened, obviously, because you're listening here That's on a right. Saturday morning. But well, Finn's already been skiing eight times, so. Yeah, oh, now wow. explain that to people, because he's one of those guys that still has the oomph to walk yeah. uphill, right. strap the skis on, ski down, and then strap them on your back and go back up the hill again. No, no, he, he has skins. Um, they put skins on, and then he's got the, the, the heel that releases. So he goes uphill, locks in the hill, and then takes off the skins and comes downhill. Well, the point's the same. He has yeah, the, the oomph to do same, it. But, yeah, you I get don't. a lot better time going up on skis than on feet. Yeah, because I don't have the energy to do it. I would make uh, – I'd get halfway up the hill, make one run, and go back to my car, I think. Right. But the good news is – oh, and here's the other bit of information that I didn't get to share on uh, the Snow Day segment – but Snowbird announced today that they're going to be opening a little bit earlier than they anticipated, so they're opening up on the 18th. Well, good heavens. We're going skiing with your wife on the 18th. We already got it on the calendar. And by the way, you did Snow Day without me? I had to do Snow Day without you. You were in the middle of class. Now, I could have called you, and yeah. you could have uh, entertained your students in the classroom, maybe. Right. I mean, I, I would have figured something out. But here's the thing, and let me uh, see if I can pull this up real quick. I had it in front of me. Um Anyway, I'll have to do it from memory, which is not going to be perfect. But uh, the resorts Alta included got almost four feet of snow since last Saturday with these two storm systems. Our uh, snow percentages are 600% of normal for this time of year. And in places in southern Utah, there are as many as 1,600% of normal because they just don't get it this time of year. Yeah, but that's a misleading statistic. It, it it's is. like my kid who gets a, an A on his first first test or first grade, you know, he thinks he's going to get an A for the year, you know? Yeah. If you have 10 shots at the basket and you make your first, you're, you're biting 1,000, you know? This is the way your brain works. But let me ask you this. Would you rather be 600% of normal or 600% right. less of normal? No, I get it. This is awesome. <laughs> Early start helps us, and the fact that it's cold is even better because they're making it even as we speak. Yeah. Now, if we told you in uh, February or March that we were 600% of normal for the season, yeah. a whole different story.
Yeah. Uh, but anyway, all right, so we're going to talk uh, skiing today, and we look forward to that. I just got a, a text from Bob Grove, and we'll do a little road trip, and they're going to talk about holiday events around the state. And uh, Bob's going to be covering specifically Southwest Utah. I'm not sure what Mark's assignment is, but we'll look forward to that coming up. We'll have some news of the week for you in a minute. Um, we'll also check in. Speaking of snow, I can't wait to get the report from uh, Roger Egan at Bear River Lodge. I've seen mm. his social media, and they've got uh, snow almost daily, I think, for the last three or four days. And uh, he says they need one more good storm before they can actually get snowmobiles out and about in most places. But the road is uh, closed at this point, I do believe. We'll find out for sure. Fish Bites with Navi. Uh, Coming up in the next half hour, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, changes, some of the improvements that are being made around the state for boat owners. I know we're not in the boat season, but it's a good time to be talking about, you know, what the state has been doing to uh, help boat owners with uh, infrastructure. So we'll look forward to that conversation. And then uh, Solitude, as I mentioned, joins me. And Gary Nate will talk about this Warren Miller film. You guys still have that as a tradition for your family, Navi, to kick off the season, or is it tough these days? It's not that it's tough. It's that the boys left home. Yeah. Um, I asked my wife, are we going to do that? No, she asked me, actually. I go, I don't know. When is it? She goes, well, it's this day. We haven't. We've always done that our whole life, but we, we're not good. We didn't. This is the first one we didn't do. Yeah. I yeah. think it was Wednesday. Well, my understanding is, uh, and Gary would know, that they uh, shot at least one segment of this year's movie at Solitude, which he was pretty excited about. Or, no, Snow Basin, excuse me, Snow Basin. Yeah. And uh, take you to as far away as uh, Greece to ski. I didn't know they skied in Greece. They do. I know that. But we'll uh, find out more about that when I share my conversation with Gary Nate. Need to break. We'll come back with some of your news of the week next. Stay with us here on KSL Outdoors Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor... You'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio. Time for a little news of the week here. And, uh, Navi, put your thinking cap on, which I think he actually leaves the house with the thinking cap. I think he does. Don't leave home without it. Uh, Russ, you said you had a question related well, to snow. Um, first, I wanted to talk about what, what Craig Walker was talking about. I had uh, a some comments to make with him, but we were... And we'll share Craig Walker's conversation in the next hour. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the question was, um, every year we go through the same thing, early snows, late snows, it doesn't matter. Uh, Overall, overall, here's the question. Yeah. Overall, on average, how much snow does it take to open a resort? 
Oh, it depends on the resort, right? Well, okay. Yeah, it's 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 very Let's... serious as to what kind of terrain you have underneath. Right. Right. For example, if you have Park City, they have grass. So that that's almost a meadow. It's got wildflowers. Right. You can walk on the runs. But you're, if you're a snowbird, it's not the case. You have basically rocks Rubble. lining yeah. from – it's a mountain. And yeah. so it requires a significant amount of snow on top of snowbird to be skiable. Conversely, you could have 15 inches or less at Park City oh. because you're basically on runs that are grass underneath. Yeah. Okay. Was that it? Well, yeah, that was it. Um, yeah. You, look, I, I you, you, you be, looked at me for a minute like no, I interrupted your thought. No, no, no. That wouldn't be hard to do. But, <laughs> no. um, but, but I thought there might be like a magic number overall. You know, we got to have three feet of snow before we open something like that. Yeah, Park City, what they do, they make snow. They can make an incredibly dense, but which is water-heavy layer yeah. over top of the ground, okay. which makes it virtually impossible to to ski down to the earth, so you could ski on five inches there. Yeah, but you know, could never do that at Snowbird. There's no way they can lay that layer because it seeps down into the rocks. It's always interesting to me to go see uh, Park City because you know, long ways away, you can see all the all the white runs, yeah, but everything right. else is is uh, brushed in. Here's the other thing we've been talking about, and you'll hear these numbers. You know, I said they got four feet at Alta, for instance, in the last two rounds of storms. And uh, solitude, you'll hear uh, later in this hour, uh, by the way, or, or next hour, you'll hear uh, them talking about 79 inches have fallen so far this season. That doesn't mean they have a 79-inch base. No. The, the snow settles and they move it around. They do some grooming and all of these things. And so uh, 79 inches have fallen. If they're lucky, they might have 30 inches or 35 inches of a base. But yes, off, off the main runs. Yeah, off-piste, we call it. Yeah. You have some major holes in the trees. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. don't ever think that's going to settle down. You know, what, let me say this. This yeah. is setting up to be a really good year because the kind of snow that's falling early is a wetness. Right. right. A wet, and, by the way, wet snow covers up the cracks and helps it where you can do backcountry skiing. If you have dry or, or crusty snow, you have a avalanche nightmare for the rest of the year. Yeah. So the first snows you get decide what kind of a year you're going to have as, as far as backcountry skiing. Here's the other thing. So that's from a skiing standpoint. From just a water standpoint, there was almost four inches of water in this last uh, right. dump that came along. And that's going to, uh, uh, Kevin Eubank was saying, that's going to saturate the ground, which is perfect for what we right. need to have happen next year. All right, so uh, we were talking Snowbird for a minute. That was one thing I wanted to mention on the out uh, or the uh, news of the week. They finally got the replacement red cabin onto the tram. Nice. And that was a big moment. Whoa. That was a big moment this week. They brought in the red and the blue. The red didn't quite get on the cable and fell and damaged it. So they had to reorder they, they another one. <laughs> Uh, but it is a beautiful thing, and I can't yeah, wait for my first good. opportunity to ride it. One more note before we uh, break for the half hour here, and that is the Division of Wildlife sent something out. And uh, you don't have an e-bike, do you, uh, Russ? No. No. Uh, Navi and Gail both have e-bikes, I, d I do believe. Yes. Yep. Um, did you know that they are uh, forbidden in uh, wildlife management areas? I did. Okay. And, and they're also, yeah. National parks and also up in the high country too. I didn't know because about they're national considered parks. Motor bikes, motor they have, vehicle. Yep. 
Yeah, they're motor vehicles, even though they're electric. Huh. Here's the note from uh, Faith Jolly. Just came in this morning saying, after seeing an uptick in issued warnings in recent years, the DWR conservation officers are reminding the public that Class 2 and Class 3 electronic bikes are now illegal off-road uh, are yeah, off-road on all wildlife and uh, waterfowl management areas in Utah. Uh, after being passed by the Wildlife Board, I guess just August of this year, the new e-bike rule officially went into effect November 7th. So it's brand new, at least uh, for those. However, it says previously only waterfowl management areas had rules about e-bike use and stated that only Class 1 e-bikes could be used, but now they're including Class 2 and 3. For those that own them, I guess you would know whether you have a Class 1, 2, or 3. I don't. Well, I've always assumed I wasn't allowed in places where they say no motor vehicle. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's... Even, you know, when you're in your pontoon boat, if you got a motor on your boat, you have to register it, and you right. are off-limits on non-motored bo- lakes. Yeah. Anyway, something to keep in mind, and uh, as you said, Navi, the easy thing is just just don't plan on using it in those areas, and you're going to be safe. All right, we've got a break. News update on the half hour. On the other side, Roger Egger from Bear River Lodge. We'll see what Christmas Meadows looks like, if it's looking more like Christmas with this snowfall. Hang in there. More KSL Outdoors Radio coming up. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.